Hi, it's Ellen, and today we're going to be talking about um, the Nazi Party's social policies towards workers and the church. So the workforce was the largest single group in Germany to have Gleichschalten imposed upon them. And one of the ways which the Nazi Party achieved this was through the Nazi-run trade union, which was known as the DAF. On the 6th of May 1933, all independent trade unions were banned. The DAF now represented all workers and employers in one national organisation, and this was led by Dr Robert Ley. Membership of this trade union rose from 5 million in 1933 to 22 million in 1939. Um, And in 1936, the DAF provided 2.5 million vocational training courses. And in 1938, workers could put aside um, five Reichs Reichsmarks a week um, towards a Volkswagen car. Uh, in 1939, the car manufacturing was switched towards um, military needs, so geared towards the war economy, and thus the workers never received these awards of a car. Uh, ultimately, the DAF's aims were for workers and employers to work together to achieve Volksgemeinschaft. The Nazi Party also tried to appeal to workers through the schemes of the KDF and the SDA. The KDF, which means strength through joy, was created by the DAF in 1933 to improve workers' fitness and morale through subsidised leisure activities, and this included things such as holidays. In 1938, over 10.3 million holidays were provided by the KDF. Sports were the most popular activity, um, as the aim for Volksgemeinschaft was to create a fit and healthy nation. SDA means beauty of work, and this is another branch of the DAF. Um, The beauty of work's role was to improve working conditions. For example, get better lighting, heating, um, to give workers proper clothes, lockers, um, or to have improved levels of hygiene. Alongside this, there was also the Reich Labour Service, which is known as the RAD. And this was established from June 1935, and it was compulsory for every male aged between 18 and 25 to serve six months um, working for their community. And this usually meant working on farms or public works. The RAD was regimented and often time was spent away from home in the barracks. In 1939, this was extended to women. So it shows how the Nazis had a really concerted emphasis on work. Um, and also compulsory work, which was, as we know, gearing Germany towards autarky and rearmament. So what were workers' pay and conditions actually like? The Trustees of Labour was established in 1933 under the Ministry of Labour. They set wages, holidays and regulated working conditions. Alongside this, the Councils of Trust were established in January 1934. They replaced the workers' councils of the Weimar era and were subordinate to the trustees of labour. The councils of trust discussed workers' safety and welfare, as well as workplace productivity. However, some historians argue that this wasn't entirely successful and that workers didn't really win. Grunberger in 1971 said that real hourly wages rose by only 1% under the Nazis. I think the primary aim of the DAF was actually to control workers. Through the DAF, the Nazi party was brought into the workplace and into leisure activities. Work breaks could be supervised, for example, with organised keep-fit activities. The NSBO, which means the Nazi factory cell organisation, was purged of radical or left-wing elements and brought under DAF control. From February 1935, workers were given workbooks recording their skills and employment history. 
The government could also direct or allocate workers to jobs. However, they rarely did this. Perhaps the only person who could obstruct the Fuhrer's aim on becoming the sole influence in Germans' lives and the only person they looked towards um, was God. So the Nazis had to find a way to um, get get the church on side. So we know that um, about 60% of Germans were Protestant, um, and these were especially um, quite regional in the north and central parts of Germany, for example, East Prussia, and then 40% of the population was Catholic, and the stronghold of Catholicism was in Bavaria, which is in eastern Germany. So the Nazis' long-term aim was to replace Christianity with the German faith movement, um, which is kind of a paganist um, religion. In 1936, all church youth groups were banned, and this was to place emphasis on the Hitler Youth. Parents faced pressure not to send their children to faith schools, and by 1939, all faith schools had basically disappeared. The church secession campaign urged Germans to leave the church, and in 1939, 3.5 million members of the German faith movement existed. So what was the relationship like between the Nazis and the Protestant church? The Nazis established the Reich Church in July 1933, and this was meant to coordinate Protestant churches. However, um, an opposition group developed in 1934, and this was the Confessional Church, and this broke away from the Reich Church. Um, In 1936, confessional ministers were criticising the Nazi um, party and its policies, and as a result, hundreds of ministers were arrested and sent to concentration camps. However, we must note that many of them were released. Under Nazism, approximately 800 Protestant ministers, about 5%, were arrested, uh, and 50 had long prison sentences for being an opponent to the Nazi regime. And what about the Catholic Church? So in July 1933, the Concordat was signed between the Pope and Hitler. This meant that the Vatican promised not to interfere in Nazi politics, uh, and in return, Nazis promised to not interfere in church issues, uh, for example, not um, blocking um, Catholic schools or youth groups. However, it's actually quite clear that the Nazis quickly went against this. By 1936, all religious youth groups were banned, and by 1939, as we said, faith schools had disappeared. Uh, Alongside this, um, in 1936, an order was placed for banning crucifixes from classrooms. However, this was actually overturned because of the public outcry, and this indicates that support for the Catholic Church might have superseded support for the Nazi party. Um, As time went on, the Pope realised that the Nazis were trying to... um, challenged the Catholic Church that they were undermining the Concordat. So the papal encyclical was published in 1937 and this was smuggled into Germany and read from pulpits and it accused the Nazis of breaking the Concordat which was signed in 1933. So we've established that hundreds of ministers and priests were arrested in Nazi Germany with a few having long prison sentences. Religiously-based opposition to the Nazi regime increased during World War II as well, especially over issues of sterilisation and euthanasia. Remember how we spoke about um, Cardinal von Galen. The war also saw Germans returning to the Christian churches as they sought a place of faith. This suggests that any apparent success of Nazi religious policy was um, superficial. So how do historians assess um, Nazi policies towards the church? Geary in 1993 said that church leaders shied away from conflict. Noakes and Pridham in 1984 said that the church was a major obstacle to Gleichschalten. Housden in 1996 stated that church opposition was an 
was an issue-by-issue basis. And Wilt in 1994 said that the church's timid response led to their own decline in influence. So in terms of the impact of Nazi religious policy on Germany, hundreds of ministers and priests were arrested. Germans actually returned to churches during the war. Religiously based opposition increased during World War II and faith schools all but disappeared. And in terms of the varying historical interpretations, Notes and Pridham in 1984 stated that the church had the potential to be a major obstacle towards Gleichalten. And in terms of if we return to workers, we have the function of the KDF and SDA. The KDF means strength through joy, and they focused on improving morale and providing holidays. Um, by 1938, for example, 10.3 million holidays had been provided by the KDF. And this SDA means beauty of work, and this was focused on work, improving working conditions. Thank you very much for listening to this episode about Nazi policies towards workers and the church. Next time, we're going to evaluate the degree of Volksgemeinschaft which the Nazi party achieved. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com, where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.